This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Terry Fontenot, who was interviewed over the weekend for the Jets general manager job. He is the director of pro personnel for the New Orleans Saints, and he's been with that organization for 16 years. So a big track record there. So I went to our buddies on the Overtime Podcast Network, AllSaintsConsidered.com and the All Saints Considered Podcast, and got one of their top contributors. He is not only a great contributor to the podcast, but I understand a cousin of training camp legend Greg Salas, Mr. Alex Salas. What's going on, Alec? <laughs> so, what's going on, Scott? Great to be here, man. But, um, yeah, we're cousins. You know, I see him all the time. Living in Hawaii. He's living it up. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm not related at all. But <laughs> I was going to say, roll with it, man. We'll go with it and see if people can figure out that we're joking. But, Alec, we're going to say that you're at least some sort of, like, distant cousin, like, 12 times removed or something. Yeah, exactly. We're going to go with that. I'm like a distant, I'm like the one cousin you never see only at the region like every five years. You just wonder who he is. That's me. <laughs> Perfect person to talk to about Terry Fontenot because if anybody would know about Terry Fontenot, it would be Greg Salas' not actual cousin. So, Alec, let's talk about this. <laughs> Terry Fontenot has been with the Saints for 16 years. The last six of them, he has been the director of pro personnel. Tell me a little bit about his rise up through the ranks with the Saints. What do you know about that? Yeah, right. So, exactly. And it's it's really, Terry Fontenot is a guy that we really, no one's really talked about, you know, since he's been with the Saints for the last 16 years. But really, what he's done essentially is worked his way up from the very beginning. He worked as a pro scouting assistant and then eventually became assistant player personnel and then worked his way up to be a pro scout for seven years. Now now he's entering his sixth season as a director of pro scouting, which, as you said, Scott, basically recommending players uh, from other organizations to the Saints. And, you know, really, and an interesting thing that I found out about Terry recently was when uh, Ryan Pace left the Saints in 2015 to become the GM of the Bears. Um, Terry's title actually stayed the same, but Sean Payne and Mickey Loomis trusted him enough to give him more responsibilities as far as the college game goes. He did some college scouting recommended some of the players the Saints currently have right now on their roster. Um, so he has some experience in the college scouting program as well, as also as being one of the better uh, pro scouts uh, in the NFL for scouting on other uh, professional teams. So he does have experience involving the draft. Yeah, exactly. So from uh, 2016 to currently, he's had a lot more voice in the draft room as far as on draft night goes. And that's what we think about. Uh, 2017, 2018, and now this year. That's when the Saints really have had the best three drafts in a long time. Look at 2017, they had uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Alvin Kamara, uh, Alex Anzalone. So, and then you look at this past year, they had Traquan Smith, uh, the young artist here, they feel like he could take a big leap going into this year. And this past draft, Eric McCoy, Johnson Gardner Johnson, who a lot of people are high on in the organization. So he's had a lot more to do with he's he, he excuse me this guy he's had a lot more to do with the college uh, scouting uh, since Ryan Pace left in 2015 uh, and Sean and Mickey have confidence in him to do this of course um, and they feel like it's 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 a good thing they have going on down there right now in New Orleans uh, so I think it's it's great for a GM Cannon to have experience with pro personnel but now you add in some college experience and that's even better it makes you an even better candidate for the job. So how does the front office work exactly? What is the relationship like between Fontenot and the other guys that are in the high posts in the front office with the Saints? Uh, well, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, 
Um, when you think about what makes an organization run so well, and you think about New Orleans, it's Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. And a couple of years ago, Mickey and Sean were both quoted saying that, you know, they they all blend very well together. It's a very cohesive environment. They all listen to each other. They all have a say in what uh, the team does. Um, and, then, and the other thing is Jeff Ireland, the former Dolphins general manager who joined the Saints a couple of years ago, also has had a big impact on how this team uh, is built now. Uh, Terry said that it's great having a former GM and a guy who's done these things before. Um, and he's taking advantage of everything he's learning from uh, Jeff Ireland, Sean Payne, and Mickey Loomis. And, you know, when you think about, you know, how a successful team is run from the top to, to the bottom, if Terry can get the job in New York, he's seen it before. He's seen how a championship roster is built uh, and what it takes to be one of the best organizations, uh, organizations in the NFL. Um, so I think if he were to get up, he's a lot to take with them. Experience um, and all those other things would be a huge factor uh, to him. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I want to talk a little bit about the last three drafts because you brought up how he's had a lot of say in those and how the drafts have improved. One of the big problems for the Jets over the last decade, really, has been their inability to consistently hit on picks in the mid and late rounds. So they'll generally get somebody pretty good in the first round. Not all the time, but it's happened a lot. And then after that, it's really tailed off, even in the second round. Tell me a little bit about some of the gems that the Saints have managed to grab over the last three years after Fontenot assumed more responsibility once Pace left to go to the Bears. Yeah, exactly. I can give you some of those picks right now. Starting off with 2017, obviously you had um, uh, you had Lattimore Ranchi go in the first the first round. They had two personal picks that year. Uh, then they get Alvin Kamara uh, later that round, who we know what Kamara is now is one of the best backs in the NFL. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, who's a solid rotational defensive end, Alex Anzalone, who has now become our starting middle linebacker. Uh, and you go to 2018, they traded up for Marcus Davenport in the first round. Um, they draft Traquan Smith in the third round, and like I said, the Saints are very high on Traquan uh, coming into this year now that he's had a year under his belt. Um, that's some other picks. Rick Leonard and Charles Jamerson both don't play with the Saints, but they're currently on other rosters right now, I believe. Jamerson is with the Texans, and uh, Leonard is with Falcons, I believe. He's with Atlanta. And then, of course, you just go to uh, this past year's draft where the Saints did not have a first-round pick due to trading up for Davenport. 
And they had some pretty solid picks, including Eric McCoy, the center from A&M, who they feel like can be a plug-and-play guy immediately. Uh, Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety hybrid, they believe, can really play everywhere for them. Was He was a first-round grade talent-wise, but slipped due to uh, some poor interviews at the Combine. So they're pretty high on him, as well as uh, Elysia Mack, the tight end from Notre Dame, who they believe could be a Jimmy Graham-type player, as far as the guy who you see potential, they should have to mold him into that tight end. Uh, that they feel like he can be. Uh, Saquon Hampton uh, and Caden Ellis both are solid players who they think can make the 53 roster initially. So there's a lot of good players at the Saints have drafted over the last couple of years. Uh, and a lot of them are starting for him and, and contributing in a pretty big role. So it's been, because before uh, 2015, uh, after Ron Pace left, the Saints were not very good at hitting the draft as far as uh, the later rounds go. Uh, they were one of those teams like the Jets, they were a team that, you know, where you nail your first, maybe your second round pick, and then your three through seven, those guys are probably going to be cut after the first year. Uh, and since Terry <laughs> took over, they kind of, they've hit on, they've hit on the late round draft picks the most, and that's where we've seen, uh, a lot of the gems come from. So they've had some pretty good success, and I'm assuming Terry's had uh, some role in drafting these young players out of college, now that he has experience of college scouting, uh, in the NFL. I want to talk about patterns because this is one thing I notice with a lot of general managers or guys who are making these recommendations. There are certain ways that they like to build the roster and certain ways that they like to draft. So, for instance, some guys put special premiums on certain positions and they like to go to that well a lot. Maybe a general manager drafts a lot of offensive linemen or a lot of defensive linemen. Some guys have a tendency to want to draft younger players rather than older players. Sometimes it's a matter of system fit. So with the Saints, it would be, okay, who fits the Saints' defense and who fits what Sean Payton wants to do on offense? Tell me a little bit about what you noticed with that over the last three years since Fontenot has assumed some of the control of the drafting. Yeah, so I think really over the last couple of years, they kind of shifted focus to where from 06 to, say, about 2014, 2015, the Saints were really all about trying to follow the mold of other teams. Like they took Stanley Jean Baptiste in 20. 14 because he fit the mold of what Richard Sherman was uh, as far as your prototypical corner height and weight wise. Um, they never really took, uh, they never really valued the running back position as much in the draft uh, before they, took, they before they traded up for Alvin Kamara uh, in 2017. So to me, the pattern has changed a lot in the sense that the Saints before were going for like the the flash and you know the the big the big name college players and the style. In the flash, but uh, recently they've been strong with the draft. They've been taking a lot of smaller school players, uh, and really, the Saints recently have not been drafting for a position per se. They're they're more of a best player available type team now with all their picks. Um, and an interesting fact here is that this past year, 2019, uh, between uh, Eric McCoy, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Elise, uh, Saquon Hampton, um, and Elysia Mack. The Saints have graded those four guys in their top 70 uh, list of prospects, and they drafted them well uh, within the 140s and, you know, the 104. So they, they've been smart with their picks. They know what they value, um, and they've taken a much more best player approach uh, over the last couple of years to whereas before they're more of a, a big name, big name, big flash, and, you know, kind of team. But they've, they've been smart 
over the last couple of years as the draft goes. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. What can you tell me about Fontenot's relationship with Peyton and the coaching staff? Uh, I can tell you a lot about that, a lot about that, actually. They have a really good relationship. Sean Payton trusts uh, everyone on his staff as far as scouting goes. Same with Mickey Loomis. Uh, they have a real good, real good relationship. He's been with them for 16 years now. So uh, Sean Payton knows a lot about Terry personally, uh, as does Terry know about Sean. And, you know, with the Saints, they're kind of a real family-run kind of organization because you, you obviously had the Bensons who own it, and Mickey's been there since Tom Benson bought the team uh, way back when. Uh, Mickey hired Sean. Sean brought his own staff in, and Terry was one of the holdovers from that coach overhaul when Peyton came here. So they have a really good relationship from what I understand. And you know, he's a great Terry has a great reputation, and he's played a key role in improving this roster, and Peyton and Loomis know that. Um, and understand that. So uh, he's had a really good relationship with the Saints since he's been here uh, 16 years ago, and there's no there's no real dirt you can dig up on them at all. <laughs> you know, I've talked to people, I tried to research, and there's no there's nothing bad you can say about Terry. He's he's a great guy, um, and Peyton absolutely respects him in every aspect. So they have a really good working relationship, and also a really great personal relationship as well. And with Loomis too. Yes, exa- exactly. Same thing with Loomis. They're, they're a real tight-knit organization, uh, top to bottom. Sounds like Fontenot's a very valued member of the staff, so if he were to get an offer from the Jets, theoretically the Saints could block him from going there if the Jets don't offer him control of the 53-man roster. You think there's any mm-hmm. scenario in which they would block him from doing that and stop him from becoming the GM? Or what if, say, the Jets were to hire Champ Kelly or Joe Douglas or Scott Fitterer from Seattle and one of those guys wanted to bring Fontenot in as his number two? Do you think that they would block that? You know, I really don't think they will because I think that the same question came up with Ryan Pace interview for the Bears general manager spot uh, in 2015. You know, there was a lot of rumors going on that the Saints may try and, you know, end up blocking Pace. But really, the, the whole point of the NFL is to build your way up, right? And so I do think when an opportunity presents itself, and I think if you have a great relationship with your, you know, superiors, they'll support you 100%. And that's exactly what Sean Payne and Mickey Lewis did with what Ryan Pace left. They supported 100%. They let him go with no real, you know, reason to try and hold him and deny him the job. But, you know, actually, I think to bring in Terry's number two would be the perfect situation for him if he were to go somewhere, uh, if he were to go to the Jets, uh, to get some of the experience of the general manager, just because, you know, the question is, you know, in New Orleans, Terry's had some role with college and pro scouting, but is that really, you know, is it the work of Peyton Loomis and Jeff Ireland? Um, that's the question that you ask in New Orleans. But I do think Terry is a, a qualified candidate, and I, there's no ill will or no reason that the Saints would block him if you want to get either the GM job or a uh, second-in-command type job to whoever the general manager would be. Um, so I don't think there would be a reason to block it. They have a great relationship, and uh, they would be supportive 100% uh, to go be a general manager for the New York Jets. So you think that if, say, Douglas or Fitterer 
or Champ Kelly took this job and they offered Fontenot the assistant general manager job, the Saints would let him go? I think they, I think they would. Just I think they would let him go just to, uh, uh, you know, they support the decision 100%. Um, I think they know that for Terry, 16 years is a lot to give to one organization. So I think uh, for him to get the offer to be an assistant GM with the New York Jets would be a dream come true for him. Um, and as long as he's willing to accept it, I don't think there's no reason the Saints wouldn't block him uh, from taking it. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let's talk a little bit about pro player personnel because that's where he really cut his teeth in. He continues to have the title of director of pro personnel. He's had it for the last six years. Tell me a little bit about what roster construction has looked like as far as the 53 man, as far as going out and signing guys in free agency, trades. Tell me about what Fontenot's role has been and some of the good and bad of what's happened on the pro player side. Well, I can give you a lot of good and bad because (laughs) If we're going to be honest here, let's, let's, let's rewind here. Going back to the, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016 season when the Saints made a quadruple of mistakes, uh, signing Jerry's Bird to the huge deal. Uh, they signed Brandon Browner to the uh, huge deal. CJ Spiller got a, a huge deal. Colby Fleener got a huge deal. And all of them were gone. You get, you get the pattern here. So, um, yeah, really. Early on, the Saints were they were an aggressive team as far as free agency went. Uh, they paid Jerry Spurrier big money up front. Same thing with Brandon Browner. Same thing with C.J. Spiller. Same thing with Kobe Fleener. And none of it really worked out. But uh, starting on 2017, they made some really good moves um, as far as free agency goes. They brought in guys like Ted Ginn Jr., who kind of replaced the guy that Brandon Cooks was. Uh, A.J. Klein, they signed for the Panthers, who really... It was kind of a. It, it, it was not a great year at first in 2017, but then in 2018 he took a huge improvement and kind of solidified that third linebacker position for us. Uh, Larry Warfield has been a two-time Pro Bowler his two years here in New Orleans on the offensive line has been great for us. Um, Alex Okafor was a solid edge rusher for us the last couple of years, but he signed with the Chiefs recently. So they've they've made some good moves in 2017 and in this past year 2018 you look at the guys they brought in guys like demario davis who i'm sure you know all about scott mm-hmm. uh the former jet he's he was an absolute gem this year for us as far as free agency goes um he solidified that, uh, that middle linebacker role something we really haven't had since jonathan vilma was in new orleans part of that leadership that we needed uh so you look at that Demario davis patrick robinson the guy they also reunited with uh from the eagles now, he didn't play this year due to an ankle injury a whole lot. He got hurt, I believe, the third game into the season and was done. But they feel like he can come back and play the slot pretty well and be that, that slot corner that they uh, envisioned him to be. Uh, the only real bump in the road this past year was Kirk Coleman, uh, was a guy they signed. They thought they could be a third veteran, a third safety and a veteran presence in the locker room. And he really, it really wasn't all that great. So you look at that, but overall, I said last couple of years, uh, he's been great as far as free, excuse me, free agent signings go. They they really 
learn to not go big and make the home run signings. They played smart with their money and signed quality players at quality deals. Um, I think that's been the best thing. And they even look at this past uh, offseason. Jared Cook comes over here for a two-year, $16 million deal. Uh, they signed Malcolm Brown as well from the Patriots. So they've they've really had a really good free agency uh, so far this offseason as well. You know, Brown, Mario Edwards Jr., Latavius Murray, the guy they brought in to replace Mark Ingram. Uh, Nick Easton, the center slash guard, and Marcus Sherrill, the uh, specialist uh, power turner. And all those guys are on fairly affordable deals. So to see the Saints be smart with their money and sign quality players uh, to cheap deals, it, it's it's been a good thing to have the last couple of years, definitely. How's he been in terms of getting guys on the pro personnel side that fit the system? Has it been he goes out, he finds guys that fit what the defense does and fit what the offense does? Does he sometimes freelance a little bit and just get talented players and tell Peyton and those guys, make it work? How has it generally been working in New Orleans on the pro personnel side when it comes to that stuff? Oh, definitely 100%. He's, he's checking with Dennis Allen first, checking with Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael first to see what players fit their needs uh, and how to utilize them the best way possible. So a perfect example will probably this past year look at Jared Cook. The Saints had several options at tight end. Um, they waited it out and signed Jared Cook because Jared Cook brings something they haven't really had since Jimmy Graham was with the Saints in 2014 as far as that, that massive tight end who can make the big catches and be a vertical threat. Um, and you look at Malcolm Brown also, who is a, uh, naturally, he was a 4-3, uh, D-tackle at Texas, uh, went to New England, and, you know, had some, uh, had a couple of nice years with the Patriots. Uh, Sheldon Rankins got hurt in the playoff game against the Eagles for us, uh, in the divisional round, uh, this past year. Uh, they bring in a guy who can play that three technique, um, on the defensive line, which were, which is what Rankins would be normally. So, uh, yeah, Terry, Terry and the scouting department overall definitely goes to Dennis Allen, Sean Payne, Pete Carmichael um, first and see what they need um, and which what players would fit best at that position. And then Terry and his staff would do the research on what players fit. And then, you know, Mickey works his magic and gets signed on a relatively cheap deal. So it's a real good thing to have down here uh, as far as the signing goes and uh, scouting of pro players for sure. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let me ask you a little something about what his post is generally. Is he thought to be the third most important person when it comes to personnel decisions, Terry Fontenot, after Loomis and Sean Payton? I'd say fourth would be the best. But I, I think it's I think it's uh, Mickey, Sean. I put Jeff Island over him just a little bit just because he has Jeff has a lot more to do with the college scouting uh, and how that process goes. But Terry, to me, is easily the fourth most important player. Fourth most important person in this organization as far as scouting and uh, scouting and player development and player personnel and all that is concerned. But he's the fourth for me easily, 100%. Let me ask you about this because I have to because we've talked about Teddy Bridgewater so much with the Jets and it became an inside <laughs> joke. Any idea if Fontenot had anything to do with that trade for Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think he really did because when you think about Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, we knew he was a Pro Bowl quarterback with the Vikings. Uh, then he, and then he injured his knee, of course, and then was out of football for uh, a year or so. Um, and when he came to the Jets, he had a really good camp, from what I understand, and I'm sure you can back me up on this. Really good camp, really good preseason, mm-hmm. uh, that he put out. 
Uh, and I'm sure the Saints gave, let's not forget, the Saints gave a third-round pick for a player who was on a one-year deal. So it was a gamble for sure. So I, I would imagine Sean Payton had Terry do some research on Teddy, uh, talk to people from the Jets and from the Vikings, respectively, and just find out, you know, how far is he, you know, how far along is he in the, the rehab and process, and is it the 100%? And I'm sure once Terry told Payton that he felt comfortable with, you know, the, with, uh, with Teddy being on the Saints, I'm sure that some Payton pulled the trigger and, and offered a third-round pick for Bridgewater. And, uh, you know, if if the Saints do win a Super Bowl this year, I do think Drew Brees would retire and take the, the you know, the Peyton Manning route, retire as a champion, which would open the door to Teddy being the starter for the Saints and getting a con a, a, a huge, well, not huge, but a, you know, a more than a, more than a one-year deal. So, um, I do think Terry had a lot to do with the Bridgewater trade. Um, and I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure he did all of his homework on Teddy beforehand, talked to people from the Jets and Vikings, and gave Peyton the green light on the trade, um, and then sent the third round pick to the, uh, to the Jets. Alec, let's say I'm not Scott Mason, the host of the Play Like a Jet podcast. Let's say that I am Christopher Johnson, the acting owner of the New York Jets. And I call you right. from my private jet, and I say, Alec... This is Christopher Johnson, acting owner of the New York Jets. Yes, it's really me. You're not getting pranked. This is really Christopher <laughs> Johnson. I got your number because I'm a billionaire and I can get anybody's number. That's just how this works. So right. I listen to the All Saints Considered podcast and I read everything on allsaintsconsidered.com. I'm a huge fan and you're my personal favorite. And I trust your opinion more than anybody else. And when it comes to the Saints, there's nobody I'd rather talk to about this. I just interviewed Terry Fontenot for my general manager opening. He seems like a pretty good candidate, but I don't know. Champ Kelly's pretty good. We really like Joe Douglas. Scott Fitterer from Seattle was pretty good. I'm not sure what to do. Do you think that I should hire Terry Fontenot as my next general manager? What would you say? Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel flattered. First of all, Scott, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that was a that was a put, well put together speech you had for me. But um, <laughs> so if Christopher Johnson calls me asking about Terry Fano. I, I would back him up. I would say yes. I think Terry should be your prime candidate for the general manager manager job. He's had sixteen years of one organization, so obviously he has a lot of experience, a lot of background work done. He's done. He's not only is the head of um, Pro player scouting, which the Saints have been one of the better teams in that department in the last couple of seasons. He also has done a lot of college scouting since uh, Ryan Pace left in 2015. And the Saints have been one of the best draft teams. They've hit on a lot of players uh, from 2017 to now. So I think he definitely is the guy that you should consider. And, you know, let's just say if they do go with uh, somebody else, the thing word is that Douglas may be the favorite right now. But if you need a number two, and that currently is unavailable for the Jets, it's an open position. If you need number two, Terry is definitely the guy you want to bring in for number two man to be the number two assistant general manager uh, to Douglas. But you should definitely, Terry definitely should be considered for the general manager job 100%. I think he'd be a terrific hire. Um, he's done a lot of work done uh, with the Saints, and you know he's, he knows what a successful team is built like from the front office down. And I think he could help mold that with the Jets for sure. But... If they do go, if they do go with Douglas, I think Terry would be an excellent number two to Douglas. Anybody in the front office that's below Fontenot that you think he might want to bring with him if he were to become either the general manager or assistant general manager or something like that? Mm, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I'll say this: when I when I 
saw the news that the Jets were interviewing a, a Saint front office uh, person to be the general manager. I really thought it was going to be Jeff Harland. I thought Jeff Harland, you know, he had his the rough time in Miami as a general manager. He got fired. Uh, but he's done nothing but great things for the Saints since he joined us a couple of years ago. He's been an excellent college scout for us. Um, so I, I would have thought if Ireland would have gotten the call to be general manager for the Jets, not necessarily Terry, but, you know, I thought Ireland definitely deserves some consideration and uh, to be a general manager once again in the NFL with someone. Um, but as far as somebody below Terry, you know, that's when you, because, you know, Terry Terry himself was an unknown guy for a long time until now. So um, to go even further down the scouting department, nobody else really stood out to me personally since, uh, you know, Terry's gotten taken over pro and college scouting, per se. Um, but I'm sure once Terry does leave, whether it's for the general manager or the assistant general manager job, I'm sure we'll see somebody else step up to the plate, right, and take his job uh, and do you know, great things with Sean and Mickey. So if I had to pick somebody, uh, not below, but I would say Jeff Ireland, you know, maybe should be deserving some consideration with, with another team. But, um, yeah, no, I can't think of anybody below Terry off the top of my head that I think is a legit candidate right now. Last two questions for you. What do you know about Fontenot and the rest of the front office's approach when it comes to using analytics? And also, what do you know about Fontenot's personality? Would he be a good fit in that regard here in New York? So, some of the personality first. I think um, I think he would be a good fit for New York. You know, he's a very well-liked guy, no position. And think about this. The best part is he owes, he owes Adam Gase nothing. He comes in with a clean slate. Um, he he would be the GM. He'd be the boss of Adam Gase, so you know it'd be his way. Um, he would owe Gase nothing. Now the other thing is, you know, obviously he doesn't have a relationship with Adam Gase, and Adam Gase is a quite, he's an interesting character to say the least. You um, think he so, could get along but, with Gase? I think he would. I think he would. From the people that I've talked to uh, that are close to the Saints and in general uh, around the NFL who know Terry personally, he's a great guy. He's a really easygoing, well-liked guy. Uh, I mean, you don't say it's 16 years of one team just because, you know, you're good at your job, right? You have to have some personality. People have to like you, stick around. Um, and they just support you, you know, when you get this opportunity. And I think, I think Sean and Mickey will support it 100%. Um, and from what I've heard, he's a, just an all around great guy. Um, nothing really bad has been said about Terry. And I've, I've tried, trust me, Scott, I've tried asking people <laughs> and trying to find dirt, but, there's a little to no dirt found on him. Uh, he'd be a, he's a great character. Um, just an all around, you know, leadership kind of guy. He could take command and, uh, personality wise, he's great. Uh, so with the analytics, um, I think it's kind of tricky because, you know, I think in, if he were to become a general, a GM, I think he would. I think he would certainly, uh, uh, support the use of analytics to get, you know, all the, the research on the players and the scouting and the college kids and all that. So I think he would support, I think he would use it 100% exactly. Um, once he, if he were to become general manager, just because I think in New Orleans, they kind of have their own way of doing it with Sean and Mickey. And it's been established that since they've gotten there. And Terry's kind of followed, followed the mold with Sean and the way Sean and Mickey do things. So I think if he's a general manager, uh, and does it his own way, uh, I think he would uh, 100% use a lot more. Um, analytics for, uh, to scout players and to evaluate uh, pro players and uh, all that stuff. 
He is one of the great contributors over at the All Saints Considered podcast. And as we established, a 12th cousin 24 times removed of former New York Jet Greg Salas. Of course, I'm talking about Alex Salas. Alec, you did a great job. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about Terry Fontenot with me. Really appreciate it. For anybody that doesn't know where to check out your work, where to follow you on social media and all that, why don't you go ahead and let them know. All right, guys. So you can follow my personal Twitter at AA Salas. That's A A S A L A S ninety eight. And to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can follow us at uh, the All Saints blog. Is the blog that's where all of our articles and all that stuff are at. Um, and you can follow us uh, on the podcast at uh, the ASC podcast. That's where our new businesses will be up daily um, and all that fun stuff. So we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and I love I love chatting with guys from other teams just because I get insight on what they do. So Scott, I appreciate the time here, man. I've learned a lot about how the Jets run things. And uh, once again, I think Terry would be an excellent fit for this organization if he were to get a job, whether it's the GM or the assistant to the general manager. So had a blast, man. And I don't know I don't know what's funnier the fact that you said I'm the twelfth cousin removed Funk Solace, or that you said training camp the legend greg solos that to me just sounds funnier he's a training camp legend because those guys don't make it to the NFL usually but uh, you know you could say you're the cousin of a training camp legend now <laughs> hey man I'll, i'm gonna roll with that i'm gonna start talking about down here about that it sounds it sounds a little more better than being the 12th cousin removed from the nfl player you know so well, listen, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights. It's always nice to have somebody from the NFL's cousin come on to talk about this. And I'm glad that you were able to share so much great information about Terry Fontenot, who may or may not be the general manager, may or may not be second in command if somebody else gets the general manager role. So it's worth finding out about him. It sounds like he did really well with the Saints. So I'm really glad that you could share your insights with me again. Thanks so much, Alec. And the next time you're in New York, I expect the text from you so that I can direct you to 15 of the best pizza places around. Hey, I'm going to hold you up to that. Too. I'm going to text him here next time. I'm going to hold you up to that. So take take me all the best places you can, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you follow Alec on Twitter. Read his work over at allsaintsconsider.com. Check out the podcast where you can hear him. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.